0: seven verses, but I feel like I need to read the chapter to make sure we get the context. Go back with me if you will, just a few verses in chapter number four. We'll look in verse number 21. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, because of her father-in-law and her husband. She said, The glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. Chapter 5, verse 1. And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon, that's 1 Samuel 5 verse 4, was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold, only the stump. <laughs> oh, God, that makes me want to laugh. Amen. You try to put a false god up in front of the real God, he'll stump you. Amen. Anyway. Uh, the stump of Dagon was left to him. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with emroids, and even Ashdod and the coast thereof. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, The ark of God, of the God of Israel, shall not abide with us, for his hand is sore upon us. That ain't all that was sore. Amen. <laughs> And upon Dagon our God. (laughs) Help me. They sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them. And said what shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel. And they answered let the ark of the God of Israel be carried unto Gath. Y'all remember Gath. That's where old Goliath the champion. And they carried the ark of the God of Israel about thither. And it was so that after they had carried it about the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction, and he smote the men of the city, both small and great, and they had emroids and their secret parts. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Ekron, and it came to pass that the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out, saying, They have brought about the ark of God of Israel to us to slay us and our people. So they sent and gathered the Philistines, or together all the lords of the Philistines, and said, send away the ark of God of Israel, let it go again to his own place, that it slay us not in our people, for there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city, and the hand of God was very heavy there. There was a destruction spread by the disease of rats and mice. Verse, we'll find out now in chapter 6. And verse 12, and the men that died not were smitten with emrods and the cry of the city went up to heaven. Father, we plead the blood. I want to ask you, Lord, that you'd help me to preach and in, in the mindset and the power of God. Let me not preach with excellency of speech. Let me not preach with enticing words of man's wisdom. But help me to preach, Lord, behind this desk more than I'm worthy to preach. Help me to preach in power. Cleanse me, God, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Cleanse my mind. And cleanse my thoughts. and Lord, I pray you'd help me to preach to everybody that's in this building, to them that are listening by way of podcasts around the world, to them that are listening outside in the parking lot. We pray for those who'll be sick and listen later on. We pray that God the Holy Ghost would allow us to say tonight everything and nothing less than what you'd have us to say. Father, we love you. Pray you'd save sinners and touch saints Help us, Lord, to be mindful of the Holy Ghost of God and help me to do everything you'd have me to do. I pray everybody in the church would do everything you'd have them to do. And we'll leave saying it's been good to be in your house. We love you and pray you forgive us, fill us, and help us, Lord, to deliver the message to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. <laughs> if the Lord would help me tonight, I don't want to preach on this though, what our God did today, God. What our God did today God. Now, according to chapter number five and verse number two, the Philistines had took the ark captive. We read that in chapter four. They took it captive. They took it captive because God allowed the Philistines that were rebelling against the will of God and allowed Israel to lose the ark of God. Because they were disobedient to the will of God. And chapter number two, we find out that they had priests in chapter one. And in chapter two, had priests. And the priests of Eli and Hophni and Phinehas were wicked committed fornication in the house of God. By the way, it's still wrong to have fornication in the house of God. Somebody say amen. Shacking up still ain't an option. Preach on, preacher. I feel like give myself an amen. Preach on, preacher, thank you, amen, hallelujah. It's still wrong in 2023, amen. He wouldn't deal with sin. So they had a man of God, their daddy, his name was Eli, and Eli wouldn't deal with sin. And when you don't deal with sin, the church fills up with whatever sin you don't deal with. And everybody says amen. Whatever you don't deal with will fill up because every one of us are living in the flesh and we know that all of us need preaching. We find the sons of Eli, their character, you can write this down, look it up later, we find their character, they were wicked. And First Samuel in chapter 2 and verse 12, we find out they were ignorant of the will of God, had a daddy who was a preacher, the head priest, who wouldn't preach the truth, therefore they were ignorant. Amen, they were ignorant, First Samuel 12 or 2 and verse 12. We see their sin, their sin was women. Their, that's their problem you find that in chapter 2 and verse number 17 Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord for men abhorred the offering of the Lord their sin caused people who are doing right not to want to give their offering so when the preacher the priest Eli wouldn't deal with sin and his sons the church began, the fo- faithful crowd, and the soul- sold-out crowd began to be turned away from the sacrifice and the worship of God. We see their privilege. They served in a place they would not fit to serve. We see their warning in 1 Samuel chapter 2 on verse 34. And then we see their doom. They all died. Eli died. And Hophni and Phinehas died. And God raised up Samuel. Thank God for Samuel. Hallelujah for some men of God that'll still preach when others are compromising. Somebody say amen. And so, and they had rebelled against and been disobedient against the will of God. So God allowed a, a wicked crowd to come get the ark. And, and the Bible says that as one of their wives died, she gave birth to a son. And the pains of birth, she died. But before, with her dying breath, she declared a prophetic statement and said, Name that boy Ichabod, because the glory has departed from the house of God. I don't want the glory to depart from the house of God. We need the glory up in the house of God. i got to have the glory of God. I got to have it, I need it, I know it's by grace, I got in on it, and I need it every day, amen, and they lost the glory of God, and so the Bible says in chapter number five in our text, and in verse number two, that the Philistines, having took the ark of God, now you say, preacher, what's so big about the ark of God? Well, the ark of God in the Old Testament is a picture of Christ. Every ark in the Old Testament is a picture of Christ. That's the one Noah and his family wrote in, picture of Christ the one that Moses rode in when the crocodiles couldn't get to him, that's a picture of Christ. This ark is a picture of Christ. But more than that, the ark represented the presence of God. The lady said the glory's departed because the ark has been taken. Whenever the sacrifice was accepted, the Shekinah glory descended upon that ark, upon that mercy seat, and it was as if God said from glory, I accept your sacrifice, Sacrifice. I roll it on a credit card and when Jesus comes he's going to pay the debt off <laughs> oh yes I feel like running hey man are y'all with me tonight and so here, they, when the when the sacrifice was accepted the glory showed up and hey man it meant God's happy that sin's been rolled away and they could go another year are y'all with me so when the ark's gone the presence of God is gone I need the presence of God I want God to Show up in the house of God. Now, not only does the Ark mean the presence of God, it also is a picture of the power of God. Hey, man, where they said, well, "I'll tell you why, how we'll defeat." Here's what happened. Now, Phinehas said, "I'll tell you how we'll defeat that enemy. We'll take the Ark from its rightful place in the tabernacle and take it out to battle. Just the Ark being there represented the power of God, and it does. When they came across out of Egypt. Egypt, and they came across Jordan, you know what, made that water roll back from Adam to Zarathan? it wasn't them priests, amen, it was the priests who lifted up the ark, and when their feet touched the water, hey man, it rolled back from Adam to Zarathan. that's A to Z, everybody can get over, amen, and then bounty quicker picker-upper, wiped it dry, and they walked over on dry ground, amen, because Jesus made a way we can walk over on dry ground. They, they wasn't doing like this, getting out of the mud, Brother Scott. they walked over and dust was boiling and they got over because the power of God it represents the precepts of God. the Bible tells us in Hebrews and chapter nine, I believe it is in verse four that inside that ark amen was the tables of covenant or the two tables of the Ten Commandments. So it represents the Word of God. I don't know about y'all. We need the Word of God here. We need the power of God here. We need the presence of God here. Amen. It represents the provisions of God. According to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 4, there's a golden pot of manna that proves that God provides and sets a table in the wilderness. Amen. Oh yes, that ark represented everything. The power of God. The presence of God. Amen. It represented God was with his people. It represented the provisions. It represented the precepts. And so when the Philistines was allowed by God because of Israel's disobedience and a wheat wet noodle back laced on his panties preacher and wouldn't deal with sin preach on hey man preacher and then the Bible says he let the ark be taken captive and uh, the wicked enemy had the ark now watch this here's where we're at in our text they took the ark To their false god. Am I reading it right? Let's look again. and 1 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 2. When the Philistines took the ark of God. Watch what happened. They brought it into the house of Dagon. And set it by Dagon. Now I want y'all to think about this. In chapter 5 and verse 2. This wicked crowd. Brought the presence of God. The precepts of God. The hey man, the provisions of God, the power of God into a false temple and to a place called Dagon. And by the way, here's what Dagon is. You would have seen it on the Disney show called The Little Mermaid. Hey man. It was a man's body and a fish tail. So it's a merman. Hey man, somebody say amen. That's why I don't let I never did let my young'uns watch that mess. Somebody say amen. I bring back old Yeller, bring somebody where the red fern grows. I feel like preaching tonight. Hey, man. Are y'all with me tonight? Somebody say, Amen. 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 Hey, man, I thought I was at the funeral home for a second. Hey, man, are y'all with me tonight? Hey, man, they messed up cartoons, man. They cuss on cartoons now. But you ever seen that? They'll, they'll, they'll make this, this deity, it's one of the oldest deities, false deities, that's ever existed. They say they can trace it back to Noah's day. I don't know, Brother Jerry, but I do know this. God used that water to whoop that crowd. Somebody said amen. Amen. And so they brought the ark, the presence of God, the power of God, the precepts of God. They brought that symbolic existence of God into a false temple before a false god. Now watch what happens. The Bible says, verse number three, and when they God, I arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of God. When, in our text, we have found out they have brought that ark into Dagon's temple as if to say their false god was bigger than our god. But they gonna find out our God is sovereign, our God is superior, hey man, our God is supernatural, hey man, our God is supreme, there is no God besides him. Hey man, see now that I am God and there's none beside me. That's what he told them in the book of Deuteronomy. And so they brought him in there. Watch what happened. When they brought God into the presence of their false God. God laid it down, amen, amen, bowed it before the ark of God. But number two, they not only laid it down, watch this, watch what happened. Amen, in verse number four, the Bible said, when you bring, amen, when you bring God in around your faults, God, It'll lay your false god down. And in, cha- in verse number four, it broke it down. I like that. Amen. Amen. It broke it down. Y'all stay with me now. And, now. and not only did it break it down, but watch what happens. If you were to flip your Bible over to the book of Judges, you don't have to flip there. Let me read it to you. In the book of Judges in chapter 16 and in verse 23, it's the same house of worship. This false god Dagon. And y'all remember this, the mightiest, strongest man who became weak, his name Samson. And in chapter 16 and in verse 23, here's what the Bible says. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a sacrifice unto Dagon their God and rejoiced. For they said, Our God, little G, hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. See when you bring a God in, hey man, to where a false God is. Amen. He'll bring him down. Hey, he'll. he'll he, amen. He laid him down. Hallelujah. He broke him down. But in chapter sixteen of the book of Judges, he brought him down. Amen. And the Bible said they had Samson there, and he was blinded, and he was walking, and they was mocking him and making fun of him, and uh, he re- he tried to do everything in his own strength. Now, don't believe these pictures. That's in these children' Bibles that show him look like a hero man I believe he is a skinny feller hey man it wasn't his it wasn't his strength it was a pie of God on him that's what that's what made him strong hey man if he had arms like like Cain in the box whatever his name is barbarian hey man if he had arms like the rock Dwayne Johnson not our choir leader, the other one. hey man, if I had him, then, then you could say, hey man, well, he's just working out. Look at his genetics. Oh, it wasn't nothing about this man strong, but when God got on him, he got strong. Hey man, It ain't nothing about the natural man. It's about God on us. Hey Amen. And Samson got to, his women was his problem. Hey Amen, I tell the young boys in the Bible college, watch out for flirty women, watch out for flashy women. Hey Amen. Somebody say amen. And women that you're going to have to finance. Amen. man. But watch out for them women. They'll cause you trouble. Men too. Men too. Say amen. But they, they, here, Samson had a problem. He kept looking at women. Women was his downfall. And so the Bible says he lost his power, the Spirit of God. He went out trying tried to shake himself like he always did and wished not that the power of God. He laid his head in the lap of Delilah one time, two times, three times. Here's what happens. We lay our head in the lap of sin. At one time we get away with it. Two times get away with it. Three times we'll say, "Well, we got away with it three times." Everybody knows three strikes and you out. But it was for Samson. It was fourth time. Listen, God's merciful. He's long suffering. Don't take the mercy of God and like he's turning a blind eye to your sin. Somebody say, "Amen." Oh yes, Samson lost his power. But here's what happened, brother Jerry. He said to that little lad, he got to pray and felt it fit his hair growing back. They shaved his hair off. And he got to walking around like a donkey grinding, according to Judges chapter 16. And he got to pray, and here's what he said to God. He got humble in his prayer. And in verse 26, he said to the lad I held him by the hand, Suffer me and find me the two pillars that, upon which the house stands so I can lean on them. And then the Bible says there was 3,000 men plus women and children inside of that house of Dagon. And the Bible said in verse 28, Samson said this, Lord, O oh Lord God, remember me, I pray thee. Strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, O oh God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistine from my two eyes. And the Bible said he took hold of them two pillars and he brought down the house of Dagon. They didn't learn when he laid him down. They didn't learn when he broke him down. But they sure learned when they brought him down. Amen. Now you say, preacher, what in the world's that got to do with us? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's my introduction. You ready for the message? It's short. Here's what the Bible says. Think about this. In 1 Samuel chapter number 5, verses 1 through verses 12, we have a story, and we know that the Bible, all Scripture, is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine. Amen. For correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. We know that all Scripture... According to Jesus, in the Old Testament what they had. Jesus said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Would y'all agree this is a H-I-M hymn book? Amen. Everything in here points to Jesus. Would y'all believe that? So God's got this in here for a reason. Now I read it and I get cracking up sometimes. I get to thinking about what God does to settle the score. I like the fact that he stumped him. Amen. <laughs> hey Hallelujah. Hey Amen. Hey man! Being stumped by God. Oh, my. Hey Amen. In other words, what God was saying is they ain't room in here for both of us. That's what he's saying. There's a reason why God had this in there. Here's what I, have, I believe how it applies to us. You say, preacher, I know Dagon fell on his face. I know I know that God had his hands broken his head cut off. I, I know, preacher, you've re- re- read in there about Judges and, and how God laid him down and how God broke him down, and how God used Samson to finally bring him down, wiped out 3,000 men and women. Hey, I, I, I got what you're saying, but how does that apply to me? Well, I'm glad you asked. You're going to find out just like the Philistines finds out. That sometimes you've got a false god in your life and you can't be coming in here straddling the fence. Somebody say amen. Amen. You can't straddle the fence. They, they didn't mind to have the ark in with their God, but it's like Paul faced that crowd in Acts chapter 17. He walked in that pantheon to the Aragopolites. He walked to that those Athenians who always wanted to know philosophy and love knowledge and loved wisdom, and they had a temple having all kinds of gods, and, it's, and the Bible says this in Acts 17, that he found, that means it wasn't out there for everybody to see, but in case they missed a God, they had an altar to the unknown God. And, pa- and Paul said, I found that altar you have to the unknown God. He's what I want to preach to you about. You can't just bring him in, mix him up with a bunch of other gods, and go on about your business. And that's what people trying to do in 2023. Amen, preacher, preach on. Y'all know I'm right. Amen. You say, preacher, I don't worship Dagon. We don't have no idols in 2023. Nobody's bowing down to a half man, half fish with one of them triton spears. Nobody's going to bow down to a little Buddha. Amen. Why would you want to bow down to a a fat man, rub his. I don't understand that. Hey, oh, I don't want to burn incense to him. I don't understand that brother I'll never forget Toby Talley was putting carpet y'all heard me tell it. he was putting carpet up in a man's house he called me one day he said brother Shane I I gotta tell you something happened he said you ain't gonna believe it he said I was in here and I was putting carpet in this man's house and he had this little shrine set up had this little Buddha and he said don't drop my God and and Toby set it down ran outside was horse laughing he said "Woo!" I'm glad I don't hold my God my God holds me <laughs> amen they found out their God was fragile are y'all with me our God's faithful they found out their God hey man, was weak our God's mighty would y'all say amen they found out their God could be mixed up with other gods but my, our God showed us he's only one God and there ain't room for none but him are y'all with me now you say preacher we don't have idols Maybe you do. You see, idols are anything that come between you and God. Idols can be an idea. I know what the Bible says, but I think, well, yeah, that's your idol right there. If you think your idea is above what God stated on black writing on white paper and read on some pages, you're dead wrong. Somebody say amen. So some people's success is their God. To some people, siblings and families and all that's their God. <laughs> and some people, their spouse is their God. Whatever your idol is, you can't bring it in there and try to mix God in the midst. It's gonna do a few things. Say, preacher, what's it gonna do? Well, let's look what the Bible says. The Bible says in verse number four, when they stood him up again, did y'all see that? They didn't learn the first time. So they stood him up again. And see, God in mercy will let you realize that he's the only true God that deserves to be worshipped. All other false gods, including the devil, is going to bow down to him. And every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day that's going to happen. You can bow now while there's help, or you can bow down over yonder when there ain't no help. Amen. Here's, Here's what happened. Notice your text. Notice your text. The Bible said in verse number four, after they stood him up again, the Bible said the head of Dagon and both the palms of the hands were cut off upon the threshold. When you get to thinking that you can mix your ideas and your idols to worship God or try to coexist with the world. The only coexist sticker I like is that one that's got a Beretta and uh, y'all, y'all seen that one? I like that. Hey, my I don't believe in coexist. God is dogmatic. They But one way, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. That art was a picture of Jesus. You can't mix Jesus with any other things. He's got to have the preeminence. You've got to seek him first. And the kingdom of God and everything else is going to be added to you. You've got to seek his precepts. You've got to seek his provisions. You've got to seek his power. You've got to seek his presence. That's got to be priority number one. I hear people say, well, preacher, you know, I'm just taking a me time today. I'm going to miss church for three weeks. Well, that's straight from hell. Somebody say amen. It still says Hebrews 10, 25, amen. I know some people get sick. Some people got to work. I know things that happen. I understand it. But I believe half the people that say they're oxes in a ditch, I believe they cut their legs off and throw him in the ditch. Amen. I tell you what you need to do, let him sit there, and when it gets cold at night, we'll go back and butcher him and have a cookout. Hey man. Hey man. Is everybody with me? Say, preacher, what will happen when we try to straddle the fence, try to halt between two opinions? What will happen when we try to be double-minded? Number one, it will drive you nuts. That's what the Bible says. It said his head was cut off. You ever felt like in this world, you ever seen somebody, they're lukewarm in their Christianity? and about lukewarm and the worldliness. The Bible said love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes the pride of life, it is not the Father, but is the world, and the world passed away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. Is that not what the book says? God says you got. hey, you can't love, you can't love God am, am, and mammon. You're going to have to choose which one. You can't set the table of the Lord and the table of devils. Figure out which table you want to go with and go with it. Amen. See, I would think when he's talking to that Laodicea in church in Revelation chapter 3, I would think that it would be better to be lukewarm than cold. Lukewarm on your Bible reading. Lukewarm on your church attendance. Lukewarm lukewarm even on your tithing, but I, I, you, you're probably out of the will of God, but you, can, I, I think it'd be better to be lukewarm in everything, but that's not what God said. God said, I want you hot, or I want you cold, because lukewarm makes you comfortable. Are y'all with me tonight? See, what happens is you get lukewarm, and your conscience is eased, and your heart is a little bit settled, and you think, well, God's put a blind eye. He's He's winked at it. And see, people always quote verses. It's amazing. Every drunk knows that Jesus turned waters into wine. And they said, is it all right to drink wine? I said, well, yeah, if you find what Jesus turned in, go dig it up and drink all you want. It ain't gonna make you drunk. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Wine's a marker and strong drink is raging. Whosoever deceived thereby is not wise. Amen. That's what the book said. Don't even look at it. I know it ain't proper in 2023 when half the preacher's going getting drunk. I know that. But it's still wrong. Would y'all agree with me? So here, here's, here's, here's what we got. We got people halting between two opinions. They're trying to live in the world, hold on to the, to the world and hold on to God. You can't do it. You're going to have to go with God. Well, God's dealt with me about some things today. I mean, busted my heart about some things. You say, preacher, I don't need this message. Well, just put it in your pantry. You'll need it somewhere down the road. But if we'll be honest, every one of us need it. You say, well, preacher, I've not acted on it. Well, hey, your stinking thinking's a problem too. Yeah. Bible says, hey, Bible says be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then it says, and then it says, hey, think on these things. What things? Things that are honest, things that are just, things that are good, things that are of good report. He's interested in what you're thinking. If you don't believe me, ask the antediluvians who the Bible says God destroyed the world because all they thought about was only evil continually. It's wrong to let your mind run your life. Amen, preacher. So the first thing it will do, it'll drive you nuts. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. Well, I'll tell you, every every couple that I've ever seen get lukewarm, they ended up getting out. Let me just bring to your mind the one Bible text. I thought it was going to be 15 minutes tonight. It, it might be 20. Just hold on. Brother Jaron. Eutychus is sitting in the window. And so that means he's half in and half out. Would you all agree? He's a young man. His mom and daddy needs to took out behind the woodshed and horsewhipped, Because if they loved God like they should have, they'd have had him sitting on the front row with other young people. Hey, Preach on, preacher. Hey, babe, are y'all with me? But instead he's sitting in the window. That means he's got his one eye out here. One eye, how'd he fall? He fell out. Thank God for a man of God that loved him enough to stop preaching. Go down there and make sure he's raised back. Go right back to preaching. Hey, ain't y'all glad I ain't a preacher like Paul? He preached till the sun come up the next morning. Hey man, preacher. Hey man. That's a Bible preacher right there. Hey man. He always, you always fall out. And it's an amazing the thing. When God goes to doing stuff in the church, have y'all ever noticed when he sends revival, when folks get saved, hey man, when we baptize folks who's been waiting to get baptized, when God goes to moving in people's life, folks run three laps around the church, it gets plump crazy, testify for an hour and a half, the next Sunday testify. Have y'all ever noticed? It started with Jesus. God showed us with the Lord. The Father spoke from heaven, the dove descended from heaven, Jesus is in the water, the Baptist preacher is the one he went to to get baptized by Amen. And when he come up out of the water, the father said, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. This dove descended and as soon as the baptism was over, he was led into the wilderness to be by the spirit to be tempted of the devil. Have y'all ever noticed that? And it's that way through the book of Acts. Sometimes it comes from within the church. Ananias and Sapphira. Sometimes it comes from without the church. I'll tell you what old brother Vance Havner said. He said, the problem with our churches today is not the woodpeckers from the outside, it's the termites from within. <laughs> Preach on, preacher. Oh, man. Got to watch it. Hey, trouble can come from all faces and all places. But we got to realize, brother, when God does great things, the enemy don't like it and he's going to stick his head up. Would y'all say amen? Your mind, when you halt between two opinions, when you try to serve a false god and the living God, when you try to, try to bring Jesus, the presence, the power, the provisions, the precepts, when you try to mix that in with the false gods of this world, you'll lose your head. You'll go nuts. Number two, watch what happened. And the hands, the palms of the hands were cut off upon the threshold. When you try to get in that situation like they were, Brother Jared, you'll lose your head It'll be like working with both hands tied behind your back. Anybody tried to work with just one hand before? Scott has. (laughs) He is now. Every person in this building, have you ever realized how important your thumbs is? Try to button your britches without your thumb. That ain't no easy thing. God gave us some thumbs to help hold the sword, God gave us some thumbs to complete our hands. God gave us some big toes to help stabilize. That's why in the Old Testament, when they overtook a city, they wanted to cut off the right thumb and the right toe because it made them where they were not able to aim the arrow and they were not able to stand stable in the battle. It made them useless for the fight. And the devil wants to make it to where you can't use all your members for the glory of God. Now you say, preacher, I don't know you making that up. Well, I'm going to prove it to you. Take your King James Bible and look in Romans in chapter number 6. Let's just see what the Bible says. (coughs) Here's what he said. Romans 6, that's the powerful chapter where you you got two choices. You can live the self-centered life or you can live the Christ-centered life. The self centered life brings you carnality and weakness and, and, and makes, makes you sloppy for God. But living the Christ centered life makes you a soldier for God. What's this? In Romans 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it and the lust thereof. Watch this, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Your members, Paul put it like this in Romans 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. I like what he said to the Corinthian church. What? No, you're not, you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Preacher, I'm shouting on the inside. Well, you're half right. You push a shout on the outside too. Somebody say amen. It's your spirit and body. Amen. See what happens is if you try to halt between two opinions, bring Jesus and the presence, precepts, provision, all the blessings that God's blessed you with and try to mix it up with another God, it'll drive you nuts. Your head will get cut off. You'll, you'll you feel like you're going crazy. It'll be like working with your hands behind your back. 1 Samuel chapter 5 verse number 4. Their hands were cut off. uh, The hands of the false god was cut off upon the threshold as as they were crossing the line. Right as the threshold is back here at the door. That's where you cross the line. Are y'all with me today? I don't know where the threshold is, but I can tell you this. We ought to learn when God makes everything bow before him the first time without driving his nut or working with our hand behind her. Does everybody say amen? Number three. Watch what happened. The Bible said he stumped him. I, I'm not making that up. Verse 4 cha- uh, yeah, verse four, latter part only the stump of Dagon was left to him. You know what it'll do? It'll be, it'll be like you're losing your head. It'll drive you nuts. It'll be like working with your hands behind your back. You had, the hands was cut off at the threshold. The Bible says huh, it wasn't nothing but a stump. He was stumped. You'll be half the man you used to be. You'll be half the saint you used to be. Half the preacher you used to be. Half the congregational singer that you used to be. Half the prayer warrior. Don't mix that stuff in with the God. Amen. Of glory. Hey, Jesus came. He is the ark. He is the mercy seat. He is the sacrifice. He is the priest. He's the priest. He's the, priest. He's the propitiation. And he's the place. He's everything wrapped up in one. And you can't mix him up with the world. Somebody say amen. But that ain't all. Here's the rest of the story. Number Here's the rest of the story, brother. Watch what happened. See, if if you keep having to stand your false God up in the presence of God, if you keep having to stand him up, here's, what, here's what'll happen. God's gonna show you there ain't but room in your life but for one. He's gonna show you there ain't but one room for one God in your life. Amen. Silver, success, whatever, sinfulness. There's not room. But for one God, and watch what happened, brother. When they got rid of it, you know what God began to do. <sighs> it'll drive you nuts. They like working with your hands behind your back. You'll be half the man you used to be, but it'll be a pain in your rear end. I'm not making it up. That's what the Bible said. The Bible said he gave them hemorrhoids. You know what that is? That's hemorrhoids. Is everybody okay? Some of you squirming. They heard worse than that on Cartoon Network. You know know what that is? It's when you get inflamed. You get inflamed at everything the preacher says. You can't sit and listen to what the preacher says. So you get all blowed up on him. Amen, it irritates you. Boy, I feel like preaching. You know what? You need some Holy Ghost salve. That's what you need. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's preaching time. Y'all with me? It'll be a pain in your rear end. What are you saying? I'm saying you won't like it. You won't be able to handle it. You won't be able to stand the things of God. You won't like preaching. You refuse to worship. You won't try. Hey, man. And I'm going to tell you what will happen ultimately. My last point, number five. Stay with me two minutes. Here's what will happen. I can't believe it. You've got to read it to believe it. Look at verse number. Look at verse number four and five. Look at verse 4 and 5 of chapter 6. You keep trying to stand your false God up in the presence and the precepts and the power and the provisions of Jesus. You keep trying to halt between two opinions. You keep trying to serve two gods. You keep trying to put preeminence in more than one thing. And he's the only one. And there's not room in your life but for one God. And who's his name? Church, say his name real loud. He's no the name unto heaven given among men. More by me must be saved. It's his name, Jesus. Can you say it with me? Say it one more time. Jesus. Devils run at the name of Jesus. Y'all, y'all, people that are lost get saved calling on the name of Jesus. You can't do it. Here, Watch this. It'll drive you nuts. It'll be like working with your hands tied behind your back. You'll be half the person you should be. It'll be a pain in your back. So you'll get chafed at everything that goes on that's right. Because you resist the will of God. But watch what happens. Look at verse 4, chapter 6. <laughs> You'll start listening to false preachers, probably on the internet. Preach on preacher. Woo! Preach on preacher. Let it rip preacher. Amen. Thank you. Y'all know I'm Right? I went over to a man's house. I was having trouble with his, him and his family, and the first thing I always asked, I said, "Look, how much you been reading in the Bible?" He ain't read none. Oh, how much y'all been praying? We ain't prayed none. Well, I said, "Well, that's your problem." But that wasn't the only a problem. His wife made me some coffee, and at the bottom of the coffee cup, it says, "Thank you, get for giving to Joyce Myers Ministry." I said, well, that's your problem. You listen to a woman preacher and there ain't no such thing. How can you be a husband of one wife and be a woman? Preach on, preacher. Hey amen. I don't care how much testosterone you, testosterone you take. I don't care how many uh, hey man, surgical implants you get. You born your DNA. Don't lie. Hey, man, Look in the mirror. You'll know what you are. Say amen. Preach on, preacher. Somebody needs to tell our young people. Here's, here's what happened. If, if you don't listen to right leadership, if you don't put the right person up and give Jesus the preeminence, if you don't heed His power, His glory, His presence, His promises, His provision, if you try to mix Him in there, here's what'll happen: it'll drive you nuts, man. I work it; you'll be half the man you used to be. It'll be a pain; you'll get mad at everything, irritated at everything that's right. And you know what? You'll listen to false preachers and you'll worship a false God. You, hey man, there is no such thing as taking Him a savior and making Him Lord. Now the road. He is Lord and Savior. That's what the book says. Nobody can call him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. The thief on the right side said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into the He didn't he didn't hear a message priest. Hey Amen. He heard what come out of the Lord's lips, and he knew he was king, and he knew he was Lord, and he said, Lord, the Holy Ghost, turn the light on. He's Lord. Amen. Is that not what the Bible says? Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Boy, who do you call on? The Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Is everybody with me? You'll worship a false God. Now listen. Watch what happens. Chapter 6, verse 4. <laughs> then said they, What shall be the trespass offering which we shall return? To him they answered five golden emeralds, and five golden mice. Who told them this? The false priests, chapter 6, verse 2, and the diviners, that's some stargazers, some horoscope people, them, you know, crystal globe palm readers. They, God, help. Y'all better stay off down our at Highway 9, down our toward 20, 85. Say amen. Here's what the book says. Here's what it says make five golden mice, five golden emeralds, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for one plague was on you all. Oh, look. Wherefore ye shall make images of your emeralds and images of your my, mice that mar the land. You shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Peradventure he will lighten them. And you know what happened later on? They worship a golden mice and a golden emerald. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I don't know what A golden statue of a hemorrhoid looks like. But I sure wouldn't worship it. Oh, inflamed one, I don't know what you did. Oh, Lord, we ought to be laughing tonight. Because it's hilarious, Brother Doug. It's hilarious what people worship and what people believe. What kind of print, what they listen to. And they'll just fall at lock, stock, and barrel. I'm reading out of King James Bible. Would y'all agree? Here's what'll happen, brother. You'll listen to false preaching and you'll worship false gods even to the point that when you get to that place, you think it's hilarious. There's no way I would get that far out there. You wouldn't believe what I've heard. That same couple that I'm talking about, they got to telling me he could go up here to Petty's funeral home He could tell them to get up out of the grave. I said, well, do it, big boy. Do it. I said, by the way, go up to the Shriners Hospital where all them little hurt kids are and raise them from the dead. I believe that. About like I believe you can go by the Humane Society over here and and fix them crippled dogs. I don't believe you can do that. Oh, yeah, Andrew Murray said we got the fire my hind leg, false prophet. Are y'all listening to me? I couldn't believe, I know that boy's raising. I know who he, amen. I know what I preached to him. I know what others have preached to him. How could you get so far? How could the Philistines get so far to worship a golden rat and a golden Imran? Because they tried to mix God with the gods they already had. I want you to stand with me, heads bowed and eyes closed. See, Jesus brings peace, not pain. Jesus brings clarity, not insanity. Jesus brings deliverance, not damnation. See, you got to turn to Jesus tonight, church. He's the only hope for your misery. He's the only hope for your mess. He's the only hope you have to turn you and your family into a masterpiece. There is no God beside him. Besides him, there is none else. He is God. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever.